everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. This is Melanie Hempy, and I am so glad you found us. Welcome back if you are an old friend, and if you are new today, special welcome for you, and maybe you should uh, give a special thank you for that friend that told you about this podcast. The structure of today's episode is a little different from what you're used to, but I'm very excited to share this particular show with you. Every organization has a founding story, and today we are going to tell you the story of Adam. You could say that this is the story that started Screen Strong. As many of you know, Adam is my oldest son, and for this episode, you will hear the story of his video game addiction and our family's personal struggle with that. It was tough on him, and it was tough on us. This version of Adam's story is from an interview I did with the late Colin Karchner. Colin's wish was that we spread this message far and wide, and I am so happy to share this with you today. Joining me from uh, North Carolina is Melanie Hempy. Melanie, thank you so much for joining my podcast. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, and my listeners here in Utah are so excited to hear your Southern accent. We're so pumped to oh. the twang. <laughs> just let that thing roll off the tongue. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. My goodness. So let's, let's jump right into your story. Um, so uh, you were a nurse for a long time, and then you had some things happen with your family and your kids which then yes. turns you into this warrior for, uh, for Screen uh, Strong. Um, so let's yeah. go right into it. Tell us your story yeah. and how Screen Strong uh, became your thing. Yeah, excellent. So um, I am a nurse. I am a labor and delivery nurse. So a lot of your listeners out there um, love their labor and delivery nurses. Oh, we loved ours. Oh. Oh my goodness. They were all well, kind of crazy. Know. They're all a little in they're all a little crazy, weren't they? Is yeah. that was that a thing? Like they're yeah. the most yeah, amazing people, thing. but yeah. they always were a little weird. Like I always <laughs> noticed. I'm like, I love you. maybe these twelve hour night shifts delivering babies like gets to you eventually. Yeah. <laughs> but Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so fun. I love my job. It was awesome. It was wonderful. And I just had so much fun. I went to nursing school, learned so much about kids, and I really specialized in all that. But when I had started having my own kids, you know, I, I, I don't know, some things got disconnected. And so my oldest son, we have four, we have a boy, a girl and two boys. And so my oldest son, Adam, I'll never forget, uh, you know how you have these images like burned in your yeah. brain. I'll never forget the day we first got uh, a, a big old Acer computer and he was in his little footy pajamas and he comes running in the room and he sits down and he got that mouse and he went to town and I thought, wow, he is the smartest kid ever. Like yeah. I didn't even know really how to use it, yeah. but of course Adam did. So from that day, um, looking back, that was like sort of a big mistake uh, <laughs> that I yeah. made that I didn't even know. But anyway, so um, fast forward to when he's six years old and his baby sister was coming along. And um, so for his, uh, for her being born, um, you know, we do things, crazy things like, oh, your baby sister brings you a present, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> from yeah. the hospital. Look so what she brought she with her brought, from the womb. It's a new yeah, laptop. From the womb, exactly. <laughs> so she brought him a Game Boy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Was that a mistake, right? So a handheld. And, and back then, everybody was saying that all these things were teaching our kids eye hand coordination yeah. and hand eye coordination. 
you know, and I'm thinking, wow, we're going to really get him ahead. In fact, some of the teachers at school said, oh yeah, he should be playing that. And that really helped. And the whole time I'm thinking, well, isn't baseball better for that? Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> getting a baseball bat. But just sitting anyway, there with so your hands never leaving like a one inch square, but just clicking really quick. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Is that really working? But you know, all through my medical background, I went to Emory university. I got a great education. No one ever told me anything about screens and kids and the warning signs and all that. And I just, I just had no idea that there was, I didn't even, I did not know what I didn't know. And that's where I think a lot of parents today don't know what they don't know. You're not meaning to avoid something you just don't know. And so by the time he got into middle school, I will say Adam had about 12 years of a pretty decent childhood. He would run around the backyard and, you know, dig big holes and get dirty and bring me turtles. And so we did that part, right? But, but the whole time, all through middle school, he was getting more and more interested in screens and, um, this was before smartphones. So we were just dealing mostly with all the game consoles. And I kept thinking how smart he was. And he was smart. He had straight A's. He never really had any learning problems. But I just kept thinking I wanted him to get ahead in this technology world. And so we allowed him. He played Minecraft. He played just all this stuff that was popular, um, you know, then. And we didn't limit it. I, I didn't have any way to know that I really should limit it. And I just thought it was kind of cute. Yeah. And I thought, um, I remember very distinctly thinking that he was learning computer code. Cause I think one day he told me that and I believed him because he's my first child <laughs> and you don't believe your first child. Mom, I'm learning how to build time. websites by building <laughs> Minecraft worlds. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Anything to get and, mom to get off your case. Yeah. 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 Oh, he was selling it big and um i'm gonna be a know. pro Fortnite player mom that i've heard that a lot i want to yeah. take my son he plays Fortnite all day but he told me one day he's gonna be a pro Fortnite yes. player like ninja and make a million dollars a year i'm like well i yeah do you want me to yeah. tell him or do you want to tell him right <laughs> that's not gonna happen <laughs> no that's exactly where i was and and so what happened was adam was really good at baseball he was really good at piano and he was really good at tennis and so what happened through middle school he started quitting all of those things and it was back during that time. I don't know if you remember the days when we used to read um, blogs and magazine articles all the time about oh, yeah. how we were overscheduling our kids. And so we had to be sure we didn't, we didn't overschedule them. So I thought, okay, well, I don't want to overschedule him. And I would ask him, honey, what do you want to do? Which now I know is a really big mistake. I know you, you shouldn't ask your kids. They don't know what the heck they want to do. Yeah. But anyway, back then I didn't know. So he's like, I want to quit baseball. And you know, part of me, I, I started having more babies and I'm thinking, well, that's not a bad idea. I don't have to drive so much. Right. Yeah. So he quit baseball. He quit piano, which he was really good. That was something that was really positive for him. And, um, by ninth grade, he was still trying to do tennis, but what happened in ninth grade, he got a laptop issued to him at school. Mm. And that was the beginning of the end for us. Yeah. The minute they handed him that laptop was the minute that I lost all, you know, control of our home. And I used to call myself the game cop mom. Yeah. And I think a lot of parents can understand what that, I don't even have to tell you what that means, but the game, I did not sign up for this job, but I was a game cop mom. And that mm-hmm. meant that I'm at the kitchen timer at the stove, setting the timer, you know, for him to get on and off his game. Cause he would love to do that more than anything. I remember one time his friends came over and we have a pond in our backyard and he was going to come fishing and Adam stayed in the house and played his video game while his friend was went out, out. Fi- 
and fish. I mean, is that like a sad story? But I, I was the game cop mom. I was the mean mom all the time having to rip him off his game constantly. But what happened in ninth grade was I lost all my my power, like all my leadership went out the window because all of a sudden he had this smaller screen and, you know, his laptop that the school told me was necessary. Of course it was mandatory. They yeah. gave it to him and they said he had to have it. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. This also means now that I can't control his gaming. Yeah. And so sure enough, he was gaming in math class. He was gaming at lunchtime. He was gaming, you know, after school at school, and all the teachers were not prepared for this. This was, you know, he graduated in 2010. So, you know, this is a while ago. So we were all caught just unprepared for what was going to happen. Now, fortunately, Adam was really good at school. So he kept his grades up because he knew that he had to keep his grades up in order to so you know, keep gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, gaming. But um, it caused a lot of conflict in our home. And, and so what happened during that time, he quit his, Structured activities, which was the biggest mistake ever. Mm. Uh, one, I will say one of the biggest mistakes that yeah. we made. We let him vote, so to speak. And now I know that you let your kids have a voice, but you don't let them vote. That was a bad idea. <laughs> so anyway, he quit all his stuff and he just gamed. And I bet he gamed, um, you know, I don't know, four or five or more hours every day because he would come home and we would go to bed and he would be gaming till two and three o'clock at night. Like I didn't even understand what was happening. Yeah. But the whole time I was, there was a lot of conflict. So for your listeners out there, I, I now promised myself, I would never forget what it feels like to go through that pain. And I get really emotional about it because it's very painful to live in a house with a high school boy who loves gaming more than life and who has dropped out of your family and who is gaming. Like he would, he would appear to do his chores, but he, he mostly was living in the virtual world and that was super painful. And it, it was a lot of conflicts around it. And we were constantly arguing around this ridiculous game time. And it was, really hurting our family dynamics. And when the little kids came along, his sister and then his brothers, I have um, his brothers or twin boys that are now 16, but um, he would, I would worry that he would like hurt them if they got near mm, his yeah. gaming system because he would get so angry. And I didn't understand what was going on in his brain. I had no idea. And I didn't even know that I was even supposed to know this stuff or to research it. And um, I just kept thinking in nursing school, they never told me anything about this. And I would ask my friends and they would say, well, Melanie, at least you know where he is and yeah. he's not getting in trouble and he's not doing drugs and you know, he's not dating. He's not driving cars. I'm like, yeah, you're right. He's not dating and he's not driving. And aren't these things that he should be doing? And surely I don't want him on drugs, but this is like a drug. Like you don't understand he is on a drug and yeah. I didn't know why. And I thought he was going to outgrow it. And so we went through ninth grade and 10th grade um, in ninth grade. He, tried to try out for the tennis team and then he didn't make it. And that was like the worst thing that that was truly one of the worst forks in the road because once he didn't make it, and I'm telling you now with your high school kids, you've got to get them involved in activities. Yeah. You do everything you can. And that, that was really sad when that happened. It never should have happened, but um, I, anyway, but that happened. And so that was sort of like a turning point for him. And he's like, Oh no, I'm going to get into my game. And the reason why the gaming was so appealing to him is because he 
was very good at his game and he could climb that leader ladder and he was the healer and the whatever guy in the game they needed him and he had his guilt and the game does replace all that stuff that boys need in their life you know there's the competition and it's just that need that will to power and to win and um that was filling all his needs and i i didn't know it and so we get through to 10th grade and it got worse he put on his Christmas list, I think even in eighth grade, that he wanted antidepressants for Christmas. I'm like, well, is this normal? Oh, like, hmm. now I know that gamers get super depressed because the dopamine that is produced in a game is so significant. There is so much dopamine that nothing in real life can match it. Yeah. And it's not only the amount of dopamine, but it's the repetition of that dopamine. It comes so quickly, so fast. Every time you get a click and a lick and a like and a whatever and all that stuff they're doing, they get all these dollops of dopamine. So the minute that they are off the game, even just to come eat dinner, they, they kind of crash and they get depressed because your body, our bodies, the way our human body is made is it acclimates itself to that high level of dopamine so if this makes sense, it starts producing less because it's getting so much stimulation that it doesn't need to produce as much. So then when you're off of it, you're, you're just depressed. Yeah. And um, that's what poor thing. I mean, I didn't know what was going on with him and he was just getting depressed every time he got off. I was getting mad at him every time he didn't get off. So by the time he's in 11th grade, you're not going to believe what we did. I mean, we were, <laughs> we were desperate <laughs> and I just, my husband and I sat down and we thought, you know, there's so much conflict in our home and Adam's such a good kid. I mean, he was not a bad kid. He, he was just, it was just causing so much turmoil to where every time my husband would be on his way home, he'd call me and say, he better not be on that game when I walk in the door. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what do I do? I can't, I got three kids here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to get them off. So what we told, we told, and I knew this was going to work. And so we told Adam if you do, if you don't stop gaming and you know get a job and get some purpose in your life then you're going to have to move out of our house wow. okay so he was 16 he was taller than me he had a mustache and you know <laughs> hair on his legs and i thought he was an adult yeah. silly me yeah, yeah, again yeah, yeah. they didn't tell me in nursing school back then that hey these teenagers are not adults they're apprentice adults and they don't really have a fully connected brain until they're 25 years old <laughs> so I was treating him like an adult so we sat we went to have some ice cream with him and we sat and we looked at him across it because we just knew like I knew this was going to be the way to get him to get off this silly game and get back in our life right well he just looked at us when we said Adam you know, with the kids and all, you know, your temper is getting really bad. And we just feel like if you don't get off these video games, you're going to have to move out. And he just looked at us and he said, huh, okay, no problem. Well, I was just crushed. I'm like, well, gee, did that backfire? So mm -hmm. the whole summer he did, he moved in with a friend, he moved in with his gaming buddy and they just gamed the whole summer away. And then we worked with our youth leader at our church and decided to let him come back of his senior year. And he was fine. Adam really was fine. He, yeah. Like I was so crushed that he didn't pick us, but I realized that he he had already moved. I mean, it didn't matter where he's sleeping at night. His emotional life had already left home. Yeah. He he was gone already. We were no longer his village. I I was not there. I was not the person that he was asking big life questions to. He had his little gaming gang that he was and it's just like a gang it, it's very much like a gang it's how gangs yep. you know get the allegiance of these little kids you wonder how they do it well this is how they do it yep yep so he came back and um 
I could not wait for him to go to college. I mean, we got along. We just didn't have a super deep relationship, you know, and we still try. I still tried to put all these safeguards on his name. So anyway, what happened? Um, I was so excited that he's moving to college and he got um, a really good situation. He was in the engineering department at a big, huge D1 school. Um, he was very smart. I, he didn't have any trouble. Like I said, I have to reiterate that because a lot of times people use that as their litmus test, you know, Oh, my kid's smart. He's fine. He, whatever. And I'm telling you that it doesn't matter. And so anyway, he went to college and I was so excited and all my friends are crying because their kids are going to college. I'm like, what? <laughs> what <are> you- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is like the best thing. Adam is going to start his life. Yeah. I'm so excited. Finally, Colin, finally, he was going to outgrow this silly, ridiculous habit. So he goes to college and um, after his first year in college, he was a freshman. I pick him up. I drive, you know, three hours. I pick him up. I, I go walking into his dorm room and it just looks so strange. And I'm looking around and everything that we had brought at Christmas, like all this, it was like exactly in the same exact location. And in his room, I'm like, wait, this is really weird. Like, were you living here? And then um, he, he looked terrible. And I'm looking like, what is going on? He had lost weight. He, he was like greasy and dirty hair and his bed was horrible. Like, I don't think, of course, you know, like, I mean, I know it's like your dorm room probably was really bad. I don't know, but I mean, (laughs) freshman year. Yeah. They got to burn those dorms when everyone's done. They got to burn. But anyway, this was a little bit unusual. And then we put everything in the car and I said, okay, Adam, why don't you need to like say goodbye to your friends? And he, he said, well, I, I, I don't have any friends. I said, well, what about the people you were sharing your bathroom with? Like in the suite, can you go well, I don't even know their names, you know, I, I don't know. And I'm like, what? You don't even know the names? And so this whole thing is clicking in my head. We get in the car, we're driving down I-40 and he, and I'm just driving and I'm, I'm kind of perplexed. And he looks at me and he said, mom, World of Warcraft did something to me. I've been in bed for a week. I didn't finish my classes. I haven't been able to get out of bed. I haven't been to the eating place, you know, for the last month. I, and I'm like looking at him, like I'm thinking nursing training, nursing training. Yeah. My son's on drugs. Yeah. Right. I immediately, and he said, mom, it's not drugs. I am not on drugs. I'm, but he looked just like a drug addict. And, and he said, I'm not on drugs. No, 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 no. He said, it's world of Warcraft. Mm. I will never play that game. It, it did something to me. You don't hear what I'm saying. So I had to finish driving home. We get home and then it's kind of a, the rest of the story is all about how I had to come just to grips with what had happened to him. And it happened under my roof, right under our nose. And we are very educated people. Not that it doesn't matter. It didn't matter. We just didn't know what was going to happen. And so he did not outgrow it. Needless to say, he's on my couch now. He's not going back to college. He has decided that he really didn't know what he was going to do. And he's on my couch. I'll never forget. He, he couldn't like get up and get dressed. So he just wore this hoodie all the time in gamers, by the way, um, when your kids are gaming. Um, I remember one thing with, with Adam, he would always have a little heater 
by mm-hmm. his feet mm-hmm. because when you're gaming, you get cold because you're not moving your body. Yeah. And the other thing he would have is like a bag of Skittles or Doritos or Coke. It's always the junk food yeah. because their blood pressure, I mean, their blood sugar drops because there's so much energy being expended in their brains because they're working so hard that their blood sugar drops. So they're constantly eating crappy food and they're cold all the time. And so he's all wrapped up in his hoodie and on the couch. And I'm telling my husband, you know, I have three more kids at home there. This is not going to happen. There is no way this grown 18 year old man is going to be living on my sofa. So I did what every smart mama does when they have a gamer living on their sofa. And I called the U S military <laughs> and I got a recruiter over to the house <laughs> and he came to the door and I said, sir, my son loves to play call of duty and you need to go recruit him into the U S army. And he said, yes, ma'am. And he went and sat at my kitchen table and he recruited Adam into the army and here. Um, and, and I have Aww. some pictures of Adam in the army. Yeah. yeah. So this, you know, this is the thing when I didn't know what I was doing, but it was the best thing. I mean, it was just the best thing that happened because Adam then went into a detox program. It was called basic training. Training. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty hard to game 12 hours a day when you're basic training. Yes. And little did I know then, but that was the absolute best thing that could have happened to him. And since then, of course, I've learned about all the um, detox center, you know, all the training or the detox centers that are out there. Now they're very expensive. The counseling places, I mean, it's $20,000, but we ended up, um, you know, and, and convincing him and helping him and coaching him to make this decision to go into the army. And we were very involved with that decision. However, you know, he had to, he had to sign the contract. So he went into the military for five years. He served in Iraq. Wow. We are so proud of him. And what happened was he found himself. He figured out who he was offline. Good. He, he figured it out. And I'm not saying every kid needs to go into the military, but I'm telling you in our situation in many situations, that is a fabulous solution, but we came around it a very, very difficult way with a lot of pain along the way. Mm -hmm. And so Adam came back, he finished his undergrad just this year, um, on the GI bill, which was fabulous. Awesome. And, um, and the coolest thing ever is that, um, just this, this week, actually Adam started law school. That's So so we, we have a wonderful story. Didn't start off that way, but it ended up, it ended up pretty good. So what happened when Adam went off to the military, I dove in and started researching this. I traveled all over the country. I went to visit and meet every doctor who was talking about this from Victoria Dunkley to Leonard Sachs, all these people that I found and one would lead to the other. And I started figuring out what was going on and it was pretty simple. What was going on? He became addicted to a video game and uh, you know, it's just very simple, but when you don't, when you don't know, you don't know. And so I um, decided at our school that we would put a little um, flyer and it was just literally a little piece of paper. It wasn't even an email. We stuck it on the door and the counselor and I decided we're going to have a meeting for parents to talk about video games. And if, and if you were struggling in your home and do you know that we had over 120 people show up? Like we didn't have enough chairs. Like, I'm like, what? Like, we're not the only family struggling with this, but everybody's so scared about it and they're embarrassed. And I wasn't embarrassed. I was like, Whoa, 
I totally screwed up and this is what happened and you don't want this to happen in your home. And so that's how Screen Strong got started. Our name, first of all, was Families Managing Media and that's still our corporate name is Families Managing Media. And I did workshop after workshop after workshop and I taught parents about the brain development, about the issues surrounding uh, human development and adolescent development and how screens interfere with all that development and the stage in their life when they're the most vulnerable that they'll ever be. And so once parents understand some basic things about brain science and even just the fact that, you know, our kids are not fully baked, their brain isn't until they're 25 years old, like the development's not there. So you can tell them all day long to do stuff and it goes in this ear and out that ear because (laughs) they're not connected and it's not their fault and they're not disobedient kids. They just aren't, they're just not there yet. They're not able to handle it. So I have um, a whole workshop and it's all about the brain development. And then we go take a deep dive into video games and what that does. And of course, social media came along. So deep dive into smartphones and social media and what that does. And then we have solutions. And, and our main goal with ScreenStrong is to equip parents so they will, they will have the information necessary to weather the storm. Because if you don't have the information, your kid is going to run the whole show. Yeah. You have to, just like a coach, you have to know what your game plan is. But, but if you don't even know the plays and you don't even know like how football works or baseball works and you're trying to coach it, you got some education to do. And so we're trying to take all that science and, and just still it down into the, the big pieces that you need to understand. So you're able then to lead and guide and protect your kids the way they need to be protected. So that's how Screen Strong got started. And we have been so busy during this <laughs> quarantine. But anyway. And it's going to get busier because when you said that the downfall was when he was handed a school-issued laptop in ninth grade, how many millions, millions of students, some as young as like kindergarten, first, second, third grade, just got issued from their school, a state, a school issued laptop or iPad for distance learning. Uh, and, and we're not going to talk at all about, I mean, let's just say one sentence that there's a lot of great things kids can do to learn on the devices. We're not saying that they have to chuck them all in the garbage can. There are some great things, but just, uh, you know, and then you can learn, of course, how a lot of these learning, these learning apps, especially, especially for little kids aren't even that good for your kid creating so much dopamine. We, we can talk about those two later. Uh, but there's a lot of parents right now who are freaking out. Um, we, we, we've all seen the damage that the screens and, and, and video games, and I'm sure there's a lot of parents really, really connecting with your story. And I'm so grateful that you're so open and vulnerable sharing it. We need more people to just open up and say, you know what we did, this happened to my boy. It's happening to my boy, I had my kid. And instead of hiding it under this like facade of we're all perfect parents, look at my Facebook right. page. I'm amazing. Smile, right. right? The the filtered parenting uh, lifestyle we like to pr- promote to the world so they don't see our insecurities and what we're feeling. Um, mm-hmm. We just need to just get up and say, you know what? Let's fix this. Uh, and it's going to take people like you sharing that story. So so parents right now are freaking out. I've got a lot of parents messaging me saying, oh my gosh, I'm ready to do a detox. Uh, I, I, I thumbed through maybe a, a Glow Kids or I saw what you're posting. I watched some of Mary's story. And now, of course, hearing what you're saying is like really pumping them up. Like we got to do this. Um, yeah. There, a lot of parents are just afraid, right? And you guys right. go into a screen strong and uh, like, what What do you do, right? Here are the steps. Um, now, to the parents who are saying, I'm just ready to rip the Xbox and throw it in a pool or rip their iPad and throw it in a pool and, and just destroy it. Um, yeah. to, the, to, the, to the addicted video gamer boy or the social media girl, why is that not a great idea? Just to take it right. cold turkey so you, and chuck it, yeah. 
right. You have to do, you have to use some common sense. And so if you're, if your kids are under 10 or so, you can certainly take it away. And, yeah. um, and, and I, and I can tell you how to do that. We have learned over the last eight or nine years, like how this works. Like we learn what works and what doesn't work. And, and just before I go in that, let me just say this really quick. There was something when Adam came home from the military after his five years, he literally was, he was at Fort Bragg and then he was driving home that day. He drives into the, the, um, driveway and I had my car packed cause I was getting ready to go do a, a workshop and, you know, I hadn't exactly told him what I was doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he kind of <laughs> knew, but he was like, can I come with you? I'm like, sure. And he's all in his army for teas. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And I'm driving to this workshop because I talk about his story all <laughs> yeah, the time. Yeah. And I mean, I had told him whatever. So at that particular one, it was really great because he got up and he did the Q&A with me. Oh, and cool. that was amazing I to bet. have him there. And then we came home that night. And he sat at the kitchen table and he just said, mom, you will never hurt my feelings. You tell every bit of the story that you can, because I want as many kids oh. out there to be saved from what I, he said, you know, I had a terrible childhood. Yeah. He said it was awful. I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> That's a terrible thing. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to hear that from your kids. So yeah. the question is, what do you do? Adam would say, you rip it out of their hands. <laughs> just um, and terrifying. you know what? He would say, would you take heroin away from your kids? Would you take pot away from your kids? I don't know. Would you take their fifth of liquor under their bed? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you probably would. And so he has a, he has a much stricter sort of approach to it. Um, and I, and I have to kind of agree with him. Yeah. I have seen parents try to do this thing where, well, we just let him play on the weekends. Yeah, and now we just let yeah. him do this. And now we only do, well, Melody only plays on Saturday. I'm like, I don't care. You are resetting his brain. Yep. You are calibrating his brain to only want to do this. And it's, it really needs to go away. And so for 10 years and younger, really the easiest thing with our, we have a challenge, we have a screen strong challenge and you can either do it for seven days or you can do it for 30 days. 30 days is best because, you know, a uh, habit takes that yeah, yeah. long to reset. Seven's a brain. lot easier to think about though. I think for a lot of parents, like, you know, 30 a month. Oh my gosh, that sounds like crazy. But I, I don't see any parent who can't say, you know what, kids, we're going to do this as a family for a week. And you guys in right. your program, like really outline how to do it and what to expect. Right. Uh, so for so, the young, yes. yeah. So we have, um, for, first of all, we do have a book called Where Your Gamers Survive College. And that, that's a really cool resource because it's a really short book and you can actually sit down and read this with your teenager. So this is designed to be super short. They can read it in a really short period. And this is Adam's story about what happened to him and it just gives you some talking points. So, but we recommend that you change your attitude first. The very yeah. first thing you have to do is change your attitude. You have to quit trying to be this perfect parent you know, or this nice parent or whatever you've got to or be the a cool coach. parent. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you can't be a cool parent. You got to be a coach. And so we all can remember, especially, you know, those of us who grew up in a time when we had coaches in high school and we had sports and, um, and when I, in my audiences usually, and I take a show of hands and I ask people if they can remember their favorite coach. Oh my gosh, everybody can remember. Yeah. And, and then I have one of the dads stand up and he'll talk about his favorite coach and, why did you like him? Well, you know what? He was so hard on me, you know, but he loved me. He had my back, but he pushed me, yeah. you know, more than anybody, you know, he saw potential in me. Um, but boy, was he tough. He didn't let me get away with anything. And that's the attitude that you need to have. So right now, if you're thinking you can't do this, you just need to flush that. And you need to say, Oh no, 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 I can do this. 
I have a team and we are in a losing season and my players are all losing and I got to go fix this. So you've got to get this attitude. You've got to, you have to fix your attitude first because your kids are going to talk you sideways. They're going to look at you with those big old brown or blue eyes <laughs> and you're going to crumble. And especially moms. Yeah. I mean, I'll just have to say we have this blind spot. You know, dads have a blind spot too. Don't get me wrong. Every parent has a blind spot that they think their kid is different. And you're out here listening to this right now and you're thinking, oh, Melanie, I am so sorry that your, your, your child did that, but my little boy is only eight years old and I know that he would never, da, 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 da. And yeah. they think that their kids are never going to end up there. Well, you know, I didn't think mine was going to end up there either. Mm -hmm. And we have a blind spot. And so you have to be willing to get some help around your blind spot. And you can do this just by getting around the right community. And um, we have a lot of moms that are involved, a lot of dads that are involved with our organization. We have a Facebook group that you can get on and we'll help you with your blind spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a screen strong families, Facebook group. It's a private group for parents to talk about all this. Awesome. And you got to just admit that it's okay. If this is okay, this is not your fault, but it's not his fault either. Yeah. It's, it's our, it's really our culture's fault that we don't have better education on this. So that's really, once you fix your attitude and you realize that it's not your kid's fault, you know, I, I mean, Adam was a video game addict. I raised him that way mm -hmm. because I gave this stuff to him. Mm -hmm. I gave him the drug and I expected him somehow to manage it, which was, I know now impossible for him to do. Yeah, yeah. So if you're that parent, want to know the first thing to do, Victoria Dunkley's book is really good. Reset your child's brain. Um, we are gamers five college to get you on the right set. But the, the notes that we ended up putting together for the screen strong solution is a very basic guide. It walks you through um, in conjunction with Victoria's book. It walks you through a real pathway yeah. it's like a map and we we explain in very detailed terms you know what you what you need to do as far as getting some education about the brain science and we provide yeah. that we talk about being a coach we talk about getting your village together getting your tribe together getting your team together you've got to get some other parents even if it's just one other family it works so much better. That was one of the one of the things Mary and Ryan mentioned. Uh, they're in a very affluent community down in Gilbert, Arizona, which is a lot of families with a lot of large families, a lot of kids, neighborhoods where there's kids everywhere. Um, and all the kids, she's like, you know what the hardest part of this whole thing was? Was knowing that I was the only one. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and when I would mention, she said, I think she said that she told, you know, some neighbors that they were going to do it and like, um, not like laughed out loud at, but just like, Oh, good oh, yeah. luck. Good. Like why? And, yeah. and, and almost like there was almost like a shaming going like, why would you take your, that away from your kids? The thing they love the most. We've been, we, we've been so <laughs> caught off guard by how addictive this stuff is. It hits so fast, so hard. Uh, yeah. and that parents are so now finding themselves that like, this is like the minority group, a uh, very small minority, like parents who are doing it this way. And so she right. said that she had to stop telling people she had to stop because, because it was hard. It was hard. And it made her feel like, you know what? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is, you know, they fill with yeah. the excuses like what, but your kids, they can't play. This is how they have fun and, and, wow. and, and they're going to need it or they're going to feel left out. Uh, but she did mention Reset, Ch uh, Reset Your Child's Brain by Dr. Victoria Dunkley as like the book that she would go back to to learn how right. to do it. Um, and, and it gave her, and she said, I remember saying like, I had to keep going back to these books I was reading to like reaffirm what I was doing to give me more right. strength to go through right. with it. But Well, in this, in the Screen Strong Solution, um, and this is on Amazon, um, we go through the steps and we give you the super practical stuff. Yeah. Like we literally take you room to room in your house, like what you have to do oh, good. Yeah. to kind of remove it because you don't even realize all the iPads or tablets or all the stuff that's around all the oh, old sure. phones. I mean, they'll game on anything. They're just like addicts <laughs> and they're going to game 
on any device they can find because they're, and they'll have meltdowns. I mean, there will be, and depending on how old they are, it'll get easier, you know, or harder depending on their age. It's a direct correlation of their age and how long they've been gaming. Sure. I've had parents come through where their kids were putting them in chokeholds on their kitchen floor. Oh, yeah, I've seen you it. know, when they take the game away, these are 15 year old boys that are many times bigger than their moms yeah. and, and there's violence involved. We, we recommend that of course you have to call 911, all this stuff. So I, I don't want you to, to freak out too much over that, but but one of the key things is to determine how old they are, how long they've been playing. And if you are fearful that if you take this away, are they going to hurt you? Obviously, you've got to take a different measure. But I, I would say that if you go to hire a counselor, be very careful because there's a lot of counselors that don't understand yeah. this. And they believe we had Adam and a little bit of counseling through all this, all through high school. And when he would go in for counseling, guess what he did? They gave him a video game to play. Jeez. I'm like, what the heck? I'm coming here to, to solve to st stop this problem. Yeah. And the counselor said, well, this is how we connect with kids. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so in the wrong place. And so I even knew back then that that wasn't the right way to do it. But if they're younger, um, the challenge, whether you do it for seven days or 30 days, I obviously recommend the 30 days and, and, you know, and I'll tell you why about that in a minute, but it, even if you can just do it for a week, sometime, if you just do it for a week, things get really stirred up and you're you're making some real progress and then you give it all back to them. That's why I fast, don't yeah. like the idea of pulling the band-aid off slowly. Yeah. We just kind of say, you know, the best way to do this is to go out for the weekend on a family camping trip, get together in nature yeah. and just tell your kids, you know what, mom and dad, we've been thinking about this. We've been reading about this. We know this is not good for you. You have that, that locker room talk with yeah. them. We know this isn't good. We're losing our, our championship here. We need to turn things around and you're going to get pushback. But then when you, you know, then when you come home, you just have it gone already. But this is the key that parents many times um, don't understand. And, and Mary touched on it. It was brilliant when she said this, you have to replace all this time that they have been spending on their game. But not only do you have to replace the time, you have to start rewiring yeah. their brain and you have to like, you're, you're taking sugar away. So now you have to come up like with a substitute for it. Yeah. And that takes a lot of time. So my message to parents is first of all, you know, we dug the hole for our kids. It is hundred percent our responsibility to get them out and in order to get them out. It's going to be much harder than it would have been if they never got in. Amen. Right. Yep. So what that means is that you're going to have to spend a lot of time, not forever, but you're going to have to have a concentrated amount of focus and attention on your kids like you have never had before. And you're going to have to start rebuilding your relationship because what has happened is not even so much the silly video games. What has happened is they have lost their trust for you and they have lost their attachment to you. Yeah. And the minute that a child starts to prematurely lose their attachment to their family, which that should really never happen, but especially in the first 25 years, your yeah. kids should have a very healthy attachment to their family unit. But when that starts happening really early, it is so, um, I don't want to say hard. It's so challenging to get it back. Yeah. And, and I don't know if, if that came across exactly perfect, but I don't know how to say it any better. You are losing your kids. And the, every minute that they're in that virtual world, they're getting one step further away from you. Yep. You no longer are the 
coach for them. Their, their whole gaming world, their Instagram world, their social, it's exactly the same thing with girls. We'll talk about that in another show. Yeah. Exactly the same thing happens with girls. They have just shifted all that over. So that's why when Adam was a junior, moving out of the house was no big deal to him. He had already detached. And what we're seeing now and what we know in science and what we know in medicine is that whatever you don't get done in your childhood, you spend the rest of your life Making trying to figure it. it out. That's true. And we, we know that every addiction in adult, like every addiction, 90% of people who, I won't say every, I'll say 90%. The statistic is 90% of all addictions in, in adulthood started in the teen years. In teen years. And this is yep. no different. And this is why. So your goal during this detox is to not be your kid's best friend. That's not what I'm saying. You're going to be their best coach though. And you're going to smile and your attitude isn't going to budge. You know the truth. You know what has to happen. Just like if you knew that they were allergic to a certain peanut butter, you would not put that in your house anymore. Yeah. And they might cry because they love that peanut butter and you're not going to have it because you know what it's doing to and them. The issue, and the so, issue with that is that the parents, so many of us as parents, uh, the kids been eating peanut butter jelly sandwiches forever and they're allergic to it and we finally realize or wake up to that fact. Um, the hard part for a lot of parents is like, I don't know what else to cook this kid, right? So let's talk yes. about that for a second. Uh, I yep. love, I love it. So step one, change your attitude, uh, and, uh, and come together as a family. I love what Mary said, where she said, we got the boys together. And they said, listen, same as you said, uh, you know, we're losing this battle and, and we know that it's not right for our family and we want to be closer. Um, but, and we're going to do this as a, as a family thing. It's got to be a family thing. It's got to be a family. You can't say, Hey, you guys are going to do this. And right. your your and your father and I are gonna be on our phones all day, anyways, right? And right. but it, but it's just for you guys, right? So get the whole family on board. <laughs> yeah. Come at it with the angle of, hey, you know what? We're gonna do this really cool experiment where yeah. we're all gonna jump in this together. Uh, I think you get a lot more buy-off when you do it that way, not not as guns blaring like, oh my gosh, give me your phones, and we're never getting these back. Um, that's gonna shoot right. in your face. The other part I want to mention um, is that parents, you're gonna have a huge wake up call when you do this. And the big wake up call isn't going to be realizing again how addicted your kids were because, like Mary said, and what will happen, is especially if your kids are iPadding a lot or video gaming a lot or on their phones a lot, when you see them start sobbing and punching walls or screaming, I had a mom tell me, she's like, uh, We sat down with my daughter and watched the saddest, heartbreaking movie ever where this little girl gets cancer and then she dies and her family, and it was like the most, and she's like, She didn't even bat an eye. And then that evening I took away her phone because she was on it too long and she was sobbing. Mm -hmm. The only thing she cried about was the fact that I took her phone away. And she's like, I, she, that was the biggest wake up call. But the, the big wake up call is you're going to realize how disconnected these devices have made your entire family yes. and, and how hard it's going to be, but so worth it. And so get ready for it to sit down. Like Mary said, when she said, did I like, she said, you have to replace the device <laughs> with your time. Parents yeah. are like, what do I give them instead? Is, is there like a thing I can throw at them? Is there, do I just throw them in the backyard and get, like with some fried chicken and maybe like a couple balls and say, come back in two hours. Parents, a lot of us have forgot that being a parent takes a lot of work. And she said, did I like playing five hour Monopoly games every day for a week? No, I didn't. So you've got to get stuff ready. You've got to get yeah. the board games ready. You've got to get the activities ready. I know in your screen strong stuff that you guys have like lists of like, here are some yeah. things you can do. Parents, a lot of, I think a lot of parents say are like, remind me, how do I do this? They Give me a box. Yeah, yeah. And shame on us. And that's how it was. I came home after all this was happening with Adam and you know, 
the boys, the twins were in, in school by now. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. So I had to detox the twins and learn all this as I went. And so we, they are 16 years old now. So what I bring to this party is I know how to do this. I know how it works. I did it all wrong. Okay. I made more mistakes than anybody out there listening. (laughs) I promise. And then I figured out how to do it right because I kind of got a redo with the brothers that came along. Yeah. And I told Adam, honey, you saved your brothers. You yeah. just you went to the army, you saved a bunch of people, but you saved your brothers because your brothers would have done the same thing because I didn't know, right? And so what we had to do is we had to do this whole detox thing with our own family. So, and we've maintained it. And what the, the cool thing is, it, it's like anything in life, you pay now or you pay later. Yes. That's kind of the moral of this story, yep. by the way. Little gamers grow up to be big gamers. You don't want your son to grow up and get married and just game while his wife is crying in the bedroom. This happens all the Which time. Which I see so many. How many messages I get from young moms who are in tears saying that right. I can't get him off his phone. I can't get him to come help with the kids. And then they're yeah. in divorce court. It's, it's that's happening. Exactly. 15% of all the divorces in this country right now are pegged to video games. And that I think is a lot higher uh, well, than that. It's, that's going to double in the next five years. Yeah, it, right now. And, and so what, what you have to realize is you are investing in your kid's childhood and you are a coach. Remember, you know that the only way to become a champion is to practice like a champion, yeah. right? If you practice video games, you're not going to be a champion in anything. I promise you. So you have a better chance of being an NFL football player than you do of being a computer scholar. Any, anyway, um, so what you got to do is realize that every minute that you put into your kids right now is going to come back and, and, and pay off just so unbelievable tenfold. And the, the reason why this, this works so well is I don't want your, your audience, I don't want the audience to think, oh my gosh, I can't do this because I can't, I just don't have that time. Well, you do have the time you for do. a month. You do have yeah. the time because what you don't have the time for is the rest of this kid's life when he's living on your couch. I know a 24-year-old right now living in, in his parents' home. He, he's on their couch all day. He plays video games. That's all he does. And this happens over and over and over and over and over again. So you put that little image in your brain, put it on your refrigerator door, whatever it is, keep that in front of you and realize that any time that you put into this right now is going to pay off tenfold later, hundredfold later. And so what it means though, just like Mary said, is that you have to dive in with the tools, whether it's the games, it's to me with boys, I always say, just get them a ball. It doesn't matter. I remember with the twins, I got this big box of ping pong balls and paddles and I would tell them, okay, hit the ping pong ball a hundred times and you get a, you know, we'll go do something fun. Well, of course it <laughs> took them forever to do that. Yeah. And they could hit those ping pong balls all over the house and they couldn't hurt anything. And so the key is, is ATM. If you can remember this ATM attachment, touch and movement. This okay. is what every kid needs. ATM. Remember that you go to the ATM, right? And ATMs are usually in outside. They're usually in nature. So remember those, those four things really. So attachment, do something every single day that you sit down, whether it's dinner. And I mean, not just a hit and miss dinner. I mean, a family dinner where you sit and talk, we, you know, you have some time afterward, no screens and you're talking. So that's attachment, whether your kids are itty bitty babies or 18 year old kids, they need attachment time with you every day. The T is for touch. We do not touch our kids enough. They do not get enough rough and tumble play. Amen. I mean, rough and tumble, you know, wrestling yep. on the den floor. You remember those days and then, and then mama brings in the iPad and all of a sudden all that wrestling stops and everybody's glued to the yeah. thing, right? Yep, yep. So they don't get enough rough and tumble play. They don't get enough movement. 
and um, movement is the M word. So I think that's something really easy for y'all to remember. ATM, ATM. That's your that. coach's plan for today. And so they got to get a lot of movement and you got to go outside and get those bikes ready and those long boards or yeah. whatever you can do to get your kids out. They can, any kid can do any sport. Any kid can run. They can do push-ups and sit-ups. You get some competitions going to, anyway, we have a lot of these ideas in our, but, but you get the idea, but you have to do this. Your kids are not going to do this that's right yeah. away. What will happen is after you reset them and get them back in the right lane, then their imaginative teenage or, or childhood and teenage brains start to take over. And then they're kind of on autopilot a little bit. Yeah. You're still structuring. You're still driving the ship. They are not driving the ship. You're still doing it, but your job gets so much easier. My job right now in the last five or eight years, it has just been so fun. I wish you could just be in my house to see some of the stuff these kids do. It is so much more fun. We know our younger kids so much better than we knew Adam when he was growing up. Their childhood is so rich. They have so many things they like to do. They are never bored. Yeah. They have never said they're bored. They play music instruments. They have piano. They have guitar. They love to read. They have tons of friends. They have so many friends. It's so, so incredible for me to see the difference in a kid who's raised in front of a screen versus a kid who really is in real life. And I could just go on and on about that. And it, the, the, your main goal though, is to reconnect your family. And, and I'll, I'll just say really funny last week, we were visiting my brother and Virginia and my boys, they, you know, they love to play guitar because they've kind of taught themselves all this stuff. Cause once you give them a little bit, like, you know, then they can take off with it and they always knew how to play violin and piano. So they got a banjo. <laughs> so they have been wanting a banjo. I mean, for so long, and I'm like, okay, we're going to get a banjo. <laughs> so now we hear banjo music. All, so it's so fun. I can't yeah. even tell you. It's like, it's like the end of the rainbow, like the pot of gold. The kids, so, uh, yeah, the, the, I've heard a lot of messages from parents that are now chiming in and, and, and we've given them permission to finally share. Oh, me too. We've been screened for you family. I just didn't think I could tell you. And now we can, how fun is this? Say <laughs> yeah. things, say things, you know, cause we've been two and a half years two almost two and three quarters years, uh, screen free. We, you know, and when I say screen free, we have a TV cause yeah. why we, we love TV. movie night and we love Dodger yeah. games. That's our big thing. Um, but the things yeah. that the message I'm getting is, is the mom saying, and the dad's messaging me saying, that it, it, like you said, and I know this is so hard for a lot of parents to realize, like the, uh, the thought of taking away an iPad or taking away yeah. video games is like, like the only thing the kids love to do. Uh, they say it is so much easier. And, and I'll tell you on my house too, it is, it was so much easier to do this without the screens. The kids yeah. have so much more fun and they're so much more creative. That's one thing that you'll see is how muted their creativity, those, those devices. It's like a dam is built in the yes. part of their brain that says, Hey, think and feel and create, take a box of just whatever and make it a spaceship. The devices are muting that ability from a lot of these kids. And it's going to take a couple of days. You're going to hear a lot of whining and like, what do we do? What am I supposed to do? What am yeah. I? And you're going to say a lot of, you know, you do the family things, you do the Monopoly game, you go on the walk, you go play catch outside, <laughs> uh, you play tag, whatever it is. And you will be surprised how quickly the childhood light, flit, uh, light uh, s switch switches back on. Where, where the, the amazing things that we are as kids, which we all lose sometimes when we're adults, of being able to just see something and say, I'm going to turn that into a spaceship or we're going to take this and turn it into a whole village or a game. You will yeah. be so amazed and then there will be a point. So, and I, and I talk about this too, 
that uh, the first couple of days are going to be hard, so get ready for it. Yeah. Have some stuff ready to go. Have a lot of fun things and a lot of activities. Yes. Have the ATM ready to go. I mean, literally, parents, plan out. What am I going to ATM today? How am I yeah. going to A? How am I going to T? How am I going to M? With yeah. each one of my kids, you'll yeah. notice that your kids are different. Your 15-year-old boy maybe doesn't like to be hugged or be touched, but maybe he likes bedtime back scratches or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so have those things ready to go. But you're, what, what you'll notice is after a couple days, and it might be a week, um, you'll notice them stop asking mm-hmm. um, because they'll realize how fun it is to be human again. Right. And that was what I love about what Mary, she said, you know, we did 30 days. She said, it took a few, you know, there was a lot of tears for the first week. She oh, said was yeah. hell. She said, yeah. you would have thought as if I told them we are killing your dog. Yes. Um, but she said after day 30 and you know, by 30 days, they said, you know what, let's do another 30 and they don't ask for and, it ever again. And it's, and it's right. so and by fun. The way, you should, you should get him a dog, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That's another great thing. If you're looking for something to give your kids something to do, go to go down to the rescue shelter and go give yeah. your kids some a dog, some kind of pet, whatever it is. Animal, I don't care. Pet, oh, pet, we have some in, uh, some cousin in laws. My my wife's little sister. They uh, they took home the school gecko and like the kids have been playing with that. And that they took home the school yeah. gecko in February and they still have it. They're like, we love it. Oh. It's just something to do. Yeah. So well, have, I want to I want to make it clear that the younger your kids are, the easier. Yeah, yeah. It's still gonna be super hard. Super, super, duper, duper hard. They're going to cry. They're going to do it. But that's going to be shorter than yeah. when they're older. And so when they're older, it gets really tough. And I'm telling you, that's why I don't want you to lose hope because there is hope and we can help you. But but I'm just saying, if you got a 10-year-old right now and you see you're down this path, you, you need to do a U-turn right away. If your kids are 13, 13 is about that magic number because that's the puberty number, puberty, you know, age that hits. And now all of a sudden they're all getting into pornography as well, because with gaming, you're on a screen, you get down these wormholes with all the stuff going on and everything kind of changes from all the violent visual imagery. I would love to see a Venn diagram of that, of, of uh, the kids struggling with gaming and pornography. I bet it's just a big red circle. Well, The pornography industry is actually getting all their customer. They are we, I was, I was on a TV document, document or a TV show just last year about how the porn industry is targeting gamers. They know oh, exactly yeah. where their next customers are coming from. They're all sitting at home on their video games and that's where they're targeting all their ads to gamers. Jeez. So that's a whole nother discussion that I think we should, we should have. But for the parent right now, who's just kind of deer in the headlight, I know that feeling it, it's a really bad feeling, but you have to know that you're not alone and when Mary said she was on an island, that just broke my heart because I'm like, oh, no, 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 you don't need to be on an island. Yeah. There are so many people that they're doing this. And when I make it really clear, I want to make it really super clear again. We are not talking about taking TVs out. I'm not talking about mom and dad taking their screens away. And to your point, yes, you you do obviously have to get off your your own social media while you're playing Monopoly. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you don't want to be rude. However, you are the parent you have different privileges in your kids. So I don't like the idea that we're all equal because we're not like you're, co- you're the coach. The coach is not the player. You are there to guide and direct and provide leadership for that player. So, so be, be careful with that, but know that if you have an older son, it will be very, very difficult. Yeah. So you've got to evaluate anything over 13, 14 years old, it can get violent mm. um, depending on how long he's played. If you're in a two family home where he goes to dad's, he goes to mommy's back and forth. That's really frustrating. That's a whole that other circumstance. Just, that's yeah. a whole nother thing. But see, if you're trying to get him off peanuts, you know, or anything in his diet, and then he goes to the other house and that's all he eats, then you're going to be right back to square one when he comes back to your house. The only way 
the, the only thing that, that really works is spending time with your kids. And, you know, there are points in time when Adam was in high school that I did not like him. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like him because mm-hmm. he caused like he, I want to be careful. I, it was my fault that, you know, I, I'm the one that gave him the games cause I, that's all he wanted ever for Christmas. And so I did it. I'm guilty, yeah. but, but I, I just didn't like him. And <laughs> so there's times when you're around your older kids that it's just not easy. And it's almost, you feel like it's not worth it, but I'm telling you, even then it is worth it. Your kid has to know that, that, that you're picking them. You know, it's kind of like in, in middle school when you're getting picked for kickball, nobody wants to be the last person. You want your parents to love you that much that they're going to smile and they're going to say, honey, I made the biggest mistake There it is. and we're going to reverse it. We're going to be spending time with you. I'm taking you fishing. We're getting a boat. We're getting rid of your games. We're going to digs. We're getting some more sporting equipment yeah. and I'm going to be with you there all the way. And they're going to push back and they're not going to believe you. And they're going to call you names and they're <laughs> going to do whatever as they get older. Yeah. And dad, you're going to be, oh, you're not going to let that get to you. You're going to be that coach who will let that bounce off of them because you know that that kid with that player learned how to do something the wrong way and you got to fix it. You've got to undo it. It's just like if a little kid learns how to hold the bat the wrong way when he gets into baseball, you're going to have to undo that. And it's super hard. So you're going to have to be the adult and we're going to have to quit treating our kids like adults. That's when we hurt them. We hurt them when we treat them like adults. And Leonard Sachs says that all the time in his material. So let me encourage you. You can do this. You are not alone there. I mean, screen strong is there and we have been there for eight years. We are there. We know what we're doing. And you know what, Colin, I mean, we love our family. We have a lot of issues just like any family, but this thing, we got this thing figured out. Yes. And I can answer any of your, your worries about it. Any of your concerns, you will never lose when you take these leisure entertainment screens out of your kid's life. And we're not talking about school screens. I'm not talking about that. However, with the school stuff going on, you know, it's a whole nother thing. You've got to let them do their homework and then you shut that lid and you remove that, that iPad or whatever it is. Go hide it somewhere. Yep. You got to go hide it. You got to remove it out of sight, out of mind. You got to anything that's sitting around the kitchen table. Um, so, so we're okay. Yeah. So I, I'm okay with, I mean, there's, there's really not a whole lot of options for a lot of parents right now with, with the school stuff. So don't, I, I would say right now for the detox, don't even lump the school stuff into it. No, it's, it's a the leisure animal. stuff. It's the Fortnite, the TikTok, the Minecraft, that kind of stuff. So um, what it is, is this Colin, you, you got the violent adult content on one end of the spectrum that mm-hmm. we know our kids don't need. And, and most of that, honestly, there's a lot of that stuff in Instagram and social media and Snapchat oh, yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you, anything violent adult content. On the other end of the spectrum, you have just stupid, silly, waste of time, stupid cat videos, right? What, <laughs> what we're talking about is the middle. The middle is the educational part. Now, I have tons of material on why the educational screens don't work because yep, they don't. Yeah, yep. it, you know, they can add to something every now and then, but they don't work. But anyway, that's another story. It's the best we have right now. So that's the part that we're talking about. That's okay. Family movie night is fine doing some, you know, history homework. That's fine. That's not what we're talking about. We are not anti-screen. I used to sell software. That was my (laughs) second job after I finished at the hospital. So we're not against screens, but many times parents lump it all into the same thing. Oh, this group. Oh, well, they're saying no screens. Or even with you calling sometimes, oh, I can't do that. Yes, you can. You can split it out. You can let them watch the documentary that they need to watch. 
but they don't need to play Fortnite. And when I mean, you know, you know, you have to be 13 to play Fortnite. Did you know that, that the rating on that game is 13? Do you know that most of the players I think on Fortnite are under 13? I mean, come on, we're not, we're not even holding our standards as high as, you know, the game companies and they're the ones making all the money on it. We don't want the game companies to parent. You don't want, you don't want them to make the parenting decisions on that stuff. And if your kid has a smartphone, we say absolutely no smartphones. We don't have, they don't have smart, the twins don't have smartphones. They have a gap phone, you know, talk text, that's it, because your kid will game on their phone. Yep. And most moms don't understand that. Oh, really? They can play stuff? Yeah, they can game on their smartphone. And, you know, they can also do their social media on their laptop. Yeah. So you've, you've got to know the content. Mm-hmm. You've got to understand the time and the content. And you've got to be the coach. And you've got to be a strict coach and a loving coach. It That's has what to it go is. hand in hand. Uh, one thing I love that Mary ended with in her video uh, and she said this a couple times when we talked on the phone too. And I think she said it on the podcast too, is she said, uh, as parents, like, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to see, uh, the best version that your kid can be? Yes. And I've never ran into a parent yet who has said, you know what, Colin, when we handed our daughter that smartphone and we gave our kid that Xbox, he just started to flourish and the attitude was so happy and he loved us and he did his chores and help. I've never had the messages ever. And I I'm talking like, I'm probably close to a million DMS over the last three years on Instagram of them saying, you know what? I got to step in here and say, Colin, you know what? My, maybe my daughter's the, the, the minority here, but like I gave her that phone, like she started smiling and she was happy and she want, <laughs> and she was loving me. That's the, that's the, that's the one parents you understand. You think by giving your kid a smartphone, giving your kid the you know the TikTok account they want and the things they're begging you for, the tech is going to make you, is going to make them love you more. You think it's going to make them you know appreciate you more. That will last for twenty five seconds, yeah. and then everything's going to go down the toilet. And they're so they're going to be mad at you. They're going to be mad. Yeah. It's going to cause all the fights. I mean, and it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, I remember reading an article from it was like in Vogue about Madonna. And she said when she gave her daughter a smart uh, social media at 13, she said, that's yes. when I lost my daughter. It's, yeah. it does not matter where you're at. And like you said, you guys are in a really good, uh, you know, good Christian home and, and you both your parents, you know, you and your husband educated and thinking this would never happen to my kids and it can, and it will. Um, so let's all do this together. I'm so grateful. So for parents who want to get into uh, the emails that you send out daily to, you know, what to do and how to yes. do it and how to, you know, so, the support group, yeah, go how to do screen, they get that? Go to screenstrong.com and just sign up and you'll get, um, we, we do our e-news is only, you know, about once a month on that, but then we have a lot of information up there. You definitely want to get in the Facebook group. That's going to be where you get a lot of answers from. What's, and the Facebook and, group is called what? It was called screen, just screen strong as that was, or. Screen strong families. String, uh, screen strong families. So there is your 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 uh, your your focus group, yeah. your group. You know the the come yes. together and, and let's cry it out together. Yeah, and we just started that a few months ago. So it's it's still kind of small, but it's really growing. And and what we know as parents, we know that when we're having some gut feeling about something in our house, that the best way to figure out what to do is usually go to other parents who have already done it. Yes. And, and that's what we bring to the table with this. And I bring years and years of experience around this. And plus there's a lot of other families. So go to screenstrong.com, then go to the Facebook page. Um, and that we do post every day on Facebook. And then we have the screenstrong families group mm-hmm. and on screenstrong.com and as well as through the Facebook, you can join the challenge. And so what I really highly recommend is go ahead and just, 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 take that high dive and do the challenge. Now, you know what, if, if, if you don't end up finishing it, that's okay. You can do it again, yep. but you'll get emails every day for seven days. We're, we're going to show you how to actually do what you need to do with this. So you have some kind of template. 
because everybody's talking about this problem yeah. and, and like not that many people are talking about what to do. And so that's what we have. And then on, on the book that I have, the Screen Strong Solution book, this is super easy to read. You can e- you can read this very easily in one sitting in the carpool line. That's why I wrote it so short because <laughs> um, I spent a lot of time in the carpool line. For sure. And so um, Screen Strong Solution, we have this in an ebook format. We have it in um, on Amazon. I would get the hard copy. I mean, go ahead and get the ebook, but get the hard copy so you can carry it around. Yep. And then you want to go recruit somebody. Yes. That's one of the first things you need to do. And, and get your little village together yeah. because it does take a tribe. It's so much easier when you have a few other families. And I have a lot more details on why that works that way. But just trust me, go see if you can find just one other family that want to take uh, you know, a detox. And it's it's not getting rid of your your um your TVs. Although I will say one thing about the TV, you have to be careful because everybody has a smart TV oh, now. Yeah. yeah. So that's a whole nother layer of stuff you gotta think about. Um but anyway, that's that's another program, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> we got so many other programs we could do with I know, this. Sorry. I, I mean, it's like, no, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm just glad to have you on to show parents that there is there's a way out there, there's tools out there that they can use. Uh, we did when we went when we did this two and a half, uh, two, three quarter years ago, we just cold turkeyed it. Now we were kind of we were pretty low tech as it was. Um, but the kids had iPads and we had Kindles and we had, you know, there's some video game consoles and stuff like that. And they and they complained about it, but our kids, it was only like half a day. And after that, they were outside yeah. playing. My wife's very, very good at like, you know, doing arts and crafts yeah. with them and spending time with them. Um, but, well, I'm uh, not sure if we can be friends because if it only took you <laughs> half a day, I'm not sure. <laughs> but they were, yeah, <laughs> because, they were fine younger. But let me tell you where we're yeah, at now. Yeah, because they were younger. Let me tell you where we're at now though. And, and parents are always like, there's no way that's possible. My oldest just started ninth grade two days ago. And uh, we have a Gab phone. And I'm like, do you want to take the Gab phone? Now, for those who don't know what Gab, you, if, if you listen to me, you know what it is. But if you don't have a Gab phone for your kids, get a Gab phone because it just yeah. call text and it looks like a smartphone. Um, and I'm like, do you want to take the Gab phone uh, uh, with you to school, you know, so you can call or text us or whatever? And oh, she's yeah. like, no. I, she's like, no, yeah. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> the, when If you can get them past yeah. the 6th, 7th, 8th grade, where, yes. where the phone doesn't become their identity. And that's what's yes. happening to kids. When you give them a phone right then, when they don't know who they are at all at that age, and then the phone, absorb, they absorb it, they obsess with it, they become so addicted to what they're seeing on there, they start changing everything about them, they're trying new things, they're, now, they're questioning everything. Um, if you can just get them through those really, really tough stages where they're emotionally the most uh, you know, unstable they've ever been, um, it's not gonna be a, as hard when they're older to say, you know, to either take it away or they're not gonna care as much. Um, and, and it blows my mind because my daughter, she's got a lot of friends that all have phones, and, uh, you know, I talk to them when we drive them around and like, you know, they're deleting Snapchat and stuff, which is really fun. I actually told all of our friends who have Snapchat, I said, uh, if any of you del- uh, can go Snapchat free for the school year, I'll give you a hundred bucks cash at the end of the school year. And one of our oh. friends said, I don't have Snapchat, but I think I'll download it and then I'll just delete it. And then you, you give me the money. <laughs> so, uh, well, you're hitting a really good point. And what, what I want to say is about the, the screen strong challenges that we do in schools. Um, we just did one right before all this happened and there were 40 kids in 11th and 12th grade actually who did the challenge as a group in the school. So wow. if you're a teacher out there, if you're a school administrator yes. out there, this is a practical hands-on thing that you can do. We have the instructions for you. It get, I mean, we have very detailed instructions on how this works. And the kids in the school thing, they took the seven days off and then they wrote essays. And let me tell you, yeah. the 40 essays that we got back on, on mm. what happened to these kids was enough to make you cry. You won't even believe some of the stuff they said. And the thing that made it really fun for them to do, and it was really 
tear jerking. I mean, some of the essays were like, oh my gosh, I really like my dad. I didn't even know I liked my dad. I hadn't really ever talked to my dad, but now that I don't have my phone, I'm talking to my dad. I'm like, oh, you know, you just want to cry. But the thing that made it so cool was they did it together. There were 40 of them that did it together. So can you imagine what this could do across the country if school groups and classes and whole classes would take this on as a challenge to do. And, and even if they go back on it, you know, later, which of course I wouldn't want them to do. Cause it's kind <laughs> of like you step into Nirvana. It's like the greatest thing oh, ever. Yeah. Um, like my kids don't want to take their phone. They have the gap. They don't want to take it to school. They don't want me calling them and I don't blame them. Exactly, I wouldn't want yeah. my mom calling me. <laughs> but anyway, think about this. If you're a teacher, if you know a teacher, if you're a school administrator, if you're a principal, if you're any person, school nurse, this is an awesome thing to do. And it's thankfully, you know, not political. It's not religious. It's not any of these things that get us in trouble. This is just, Hey, let's take a detox from our devices for a week and then write about it. And then they got extra credit if they did certain types of essays. It was a brilliant, um, it's it's a brilliant thing to do. One thing uh, just to add to that before we close up, um, when I go out and speak at at schools, um, I don't challenge them to just chuck all the, you know, phones for a week because I don't want to get my car egged on the way out. But I do challenge them to go through and take a break from their social media, especially especially the girls yeah. and uh, and for the, everyone there. And uh, I think one of the benefits that we haven't touched on yet of doing a detox, especially from social media, especially for your teenage girls, like tell you and your friends you're going to take a week off Snapchat and Instagram and whatever for just a week. What I found happened after a lot of people would mess me back is they said when they just took a week off this stuff, uh, they felt they said it, 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 they they took a week off. They said they felt like they just broke up with this toxic girlfriend or boyfriend. They're like, I, I mean, people literally said that. They said, I felt like my phone was like the most abusive, toxic boyfriend I've ever had in my life. Going away, breaking up for a week was like thrilling. I felt free for the first time. But what they said was this. They said, when I went back after a week break, I instantly deleted like four apps. I instantly unfollowed all like a thousand accounts on Instagram. And now when I go to my phone, it's not the toxic boyfriend anymore. It's just a thing. It's a tool. Cool. My, my Instagram inspires me. I don't have Snapchat that was bringing me down. I lost all my streaks, which I was the best thing ever because I was I had no idea why I was even wasting time doing those. <laughs> um, and then they can go back to it. So that's what Mary said in her thing. She said, you know, after a month, we went back. We, we went back to the TV at least. I mean, they went for hardcore, no screens. Um, but the kids, they go back after a week especially, and they and they can go back to the technology that they had um, if they do want to go back on it and and do it in a better way, yeah. their eyes have been open to the negative things that it was causing them. I tell right. girls, especially all the time, I say, listen, if you can break up with Instagram and Snapchat for a week, you can go back and 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 realize that that was just that abusive boyfriend who would right. smack you all day, but then on Friday give you a rose and say, I love you, and so you're like, oh, he does love me. I'll never leave. It's not till you break up and give yourself a whole week break up before you can say, wait a second, I was in the worst relationship of my life. And that's what's happening is our kids are in the worst relationships of their life. And it's with a device that we're paying $40 a month for. And, uh, and so here's the way we can do it. So I'm so grateful you came on, uh, go check out screenstrong.com. There's a book, there's other books out there on there as well. I know you're friends with Dr. Victoria Dunkley who wrote reset your child's brain, which with screenstrong and glow kids, I think is like a perfect trifecta. Uh, Glow Kids exposes the problem. Screenshot shows you how to, yeah. you know, how to do it in a simple way. Reset is like a twelve-step program of how yeah, to literally. More of the, it's it's a thicker book. It's just more it's of the very science. Big. But I, and I would say to your analogy, what, what you're saying about breaking up your phone, I would say that 
that is probably true with a phone. I would say that is not true with a video game. Yeah. And, and that, that's just a different animal. A different animal is like that bad boyfriend that is break up bad. and never come back. Exactly. <laughs> you that's don't want to exactly go back right. to that. Yeah. Yeah. You um, can go back to your Xbox and maybe play like some Mario Kart, but the games that were yeah. the very toxic ones that were stealing your life. Yeah. For sure. That are still going to trigger that. The, these kids have been guinea pigs. We've all been made guinea pigs in this. You know, I keep yeah. going back to look at the people who invented this tech, Steve Jobs, no iPads for his kids. Bill Gates didn't have technology's house. They, the people who create the drugs don't get high on your own supply. This is not conspiracy theory. This is not QAnon, COVID, and chemtrail no. stuff. This is legit <laughs> science. And we're all here on the other side of the, of the fence saying, like, please, like, come and join us. The grass is not just greener, but it's happier, and the mm-hmm. kids are happier. We don't I need know. to hand these kids this stuff. And we're all going to look back at this and say, remember that time when we all gave our kids smartphones? Like, what? How stupid were we? Remember we didn't have seatbelts for kids? Remember when kids could sit in the back of the truck without a seatbelt or helmets? Like, let's not be that generation. And our kids are not going to look back and say... Gee, mom, I Thanks wish you could play Fortnite more. They're no. not, they don't have any stories anymore. They, it erases their whole childhood. They don't have anything to talk about and they're kind of boring. And I, anyway, and what are they going to do? Going. Let me, let me end with a, with a, a thing I read, obviously, uh, ironically on Twitter, uh, yeah. the head writer of one of my favorite late night, to- uh, of a late night, uh, late night talk show is really funny guy. Uh, someone put on Twitter, they just said, Hey, uh, comment your most, um, controversial thought about something that's very, very pop culture-y. And I don't remember exactly how he said it, but he said something that he said, video games are going to destroy humanity because they teach people something. He said something like, because they rob people of being able to handle life in real life. And it's, and it's causing people who game too much to lose the ability to manage the entropic nature of life. Life is chaos. Life is crazy. And they have to go, and we have to accomplish things. We have to grow up. We have to adult. We have to go out and win battles in the real world. And when our boys especially are addicted to winning battles on a screen, where they're right. heroes on the game, where they can crush life on a screen, where they're beating bad guys and moving objects through space and time, and, and, and they're collaborating. I mean, I had a guy, an 18-year-old on my podcast who said he was gaming all through high school, and he said, I felt a real sense of responsibility to my clan mm-hmm. on Clash of the Clans. He mm-hmm. said, I... If I did not play, yeah, I felt like I was letting down an entire yeah. group of people, and I Adam. kept that going to do that. that's all. That's and that's how the gaming companies do it. They've tweaked the games. This isn't like Mario Kart and Kong and Tetris, where you could just play and then stop playing, and go home. They've made it a village gaming is for boys. Is so much of it is social media now because they're playing with friends or people on a headset. Mm-hmm. Um, and so get ahead of the curve. That's all we're saying. I'm so grateful for Melanie and for your passion. I know you like me are out there. You're on the East coast shouting from the East to the yep. West. I'm from the West shouting yep. to the East. Like hopefully yes. more people hear this message, yep. go to screenstrong.com, go get her information there, get the book mm-hmm. and join the Facebook group that we want to just make this big, huge community, uh, screen strong families on Facebook where you can come and share and ask for help. You can cry if you need to. And yep. we're going to make this movement so loud that it's not just, Oh, look at these couple weirdos talking about it on Instagram or <laughs> Whatever. Like we want no. this to be something where it's all over the place and let's rewild the child. We, we're, we're stealing childhoods. And if, yeah. like you said, if a kid doesn't get their childhood when they're a oh, kid, they big, are going to problems. chase it. They're going to chase those okay. childhood things into the thirties and forties. And it's going to destroy families. It's going to destroy marriages. Mm-hmm. You think the rate of anxiety and depression for young people right now is high. Just wait if we don't get a mm-hmm. handle this. Yes, we do need to get a handle on this. And I'm so glad that you joined us today. And I'm so glad that you are getting a handle on it. 
If you need more help, please contact us at team at screenstrong.com. We have so many resources for you and your family. As I mentioned earlier, I promised myself that I would never forget the pain and the loneliness that many families experience over this issue. It is a very isolating issue for not only the gamer, but also for the family. And ScreenStrong is committed to provide the education and support that you will need through this journey to save your kids. We have a lot of resources Screen Strong has a Kids Brains and Screens course, and this has a lot of information that I wish I had known earlier. I don't think we would have gotten into so much trouble if I had seen this course. So I put everything that I felt like was important for families to understand in this course. So please look at that on our website. Also, we have a physician-led live group coaching coming this fall. This is one of the most exciting things that we have done as an organization. So stay tuned for that if you have specific questions for physicians. And the third thing is we do have a very robust community for you. You will find support from other parents just like you who are searching for answers to this dilemma that we're all facing. This community is found in our social media, but we are also transferring a good bit of this community activity over to our website. So stay tuned for how this is going to work. We're so excited for these changes. So what is your homework today? To share this podcast with a friend, it may just save another teenager out there and just get the word out about your own story. In fact, if you have a story to share, please contact us and we would love to bring you on the show and share your story so we can help that many more families. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd and stay strong. 